Our first reading for today is from the 103rd Psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the fifth chapter of James. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. And you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Our third reading is from the eighth chapter of Matthew. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and began to serve him. 
That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Deliver me, O Lord, my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who rise against me. In you, O Lord, do I put my trust. Leave me not, O Lord, my God. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who rise against me. Deliver me, O Lord, my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who rise against me. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have all been affected by the fall into sin. We often think this just means in our spirits, and that makes sense. Our minds are affected by sin. Our souls do not by nature grow up loving God, and that's also because of the fall into sin. But spiritual sickness does not just involve our minds and hearts. Spiritually, our bodies have also been affected. Sometimes our bodies are impacted in minor ways. We've all had those times when we have a stomach virus. And our prayer life can get pretty good all of a sudden because we might very well be pleading with God to help us and to just make it stop. Or when we run a high fever. And once that fever hits 102 degrees, 104 degrees... We're praying to God to please make us feel better. And usually, guess what? Your prayers are answered. You're not sick to your stomach forever. It stops. You do not have a fever forever. God is merciful, and he has the fever break. Yes, when we are sick, there's usually a lot of praying going on, and lots of prayers answered with a big Yes. But what happens when the illness doesn't go away? I've known many, many faithful Christians who have been struck with a disease and they pray with all their heart, the most sincere prayers, but nothing changes. They're still sick. So they'll ask the church to start a prayer chain. Get as many Christians to pray as possible. The more voices, the more God has to listen, right? But then they're still sick. In fact, they might even get worse. And as the weeks go on, the prayers become more fervent. They become desperate. We plead with God for mercy. We beg for the disease to stop. And if we are the ones praying for someone else, we may even pray that we be struck with their illness instead of our loved ones so that they don't have to go through it, that we would go through it instead. But in the end, it doesn't feel like the prayers worked because the 
One we pray for gets sicker and then dies. The one we prayed for so fervently still died. The one that we begged God to switch places with still died and we're still alive. Does that mean the prayer didn't work for lack of a better word? No. Those prayers did work. In the end, they will work. It's just in how we look at it. Today we heard a reading from James. And this passage made it sound like all you need to do is pray and everything will be made right. And James is right. If we understand James rightly. Here's what James wrote. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Well, that almost sounds easy. Suffering? Just pray. And I guess your suffering will stop. But that isn't exactly how it works, is it? Anyone sick? Call on the elders. They will pray. And that person will not just be healed. They will be saved and raised up. And we could do that, but they don't always get up, do they? It almost sounds like James doesn't know what James is talking about, does it? Well, I can understand that it may sound that way. But James is talking about something far greater than rising up from a stomach flu or a fever. And James is promising something so much more powerful than just getting up from being bedridden for a few weeks. Remember, the fall into sin has affected everything in this world. It has wreaked havoc on our minds, on our souls, and especially our bodies. Why else do babies die in their mother's wombs? The fall into sin. And that is what Christ came to stop. Why else do little children die of some of the worst and horrible diseases in the world? The fall into sin. And that is precisely what Christ came to stop. Why else will each of us one day die and return to dust? It's because of the fall into sin. And that is what Christ came to stop. And right now, especially right now, you are getting tiny glimpses of the glories yet to come. Even in small things, like we, we've all had a stomach virus that can really improve our prayer life. And Christ stopped that virus, didn't he? You weren't sick forever. 
And so in that tiny thing, in that little thing, you are given a glimpse of what is yet to come. And you've all had fevers before. We all have. The fevers mess with our body and with our minds. But eventually that fever broke, didn't it? Jesus was merciful to you. He gave you a glimpse of what is to come in the resurrection. And then there are the more serious diseases. There are illnesses that impact our bodies maybe for our whole lives. But today you have a glimpse of what is to come. And with the most serious diseases in which our bodies can no longer bear the pain, can no longer endure, we die. But I tell you the truth, that is not the end. And now you have a glimpse of what is to come. The fall into sin has affected our souls and minds. The fall affected our very bodies. And Jesus knows this more than any of us. Just look at the cross up in our sanctuary. On that cross, it is not Jesus' mind that is crucified. It's his body. His body given into death. So that our bodies will not suffer with death forever. On the cross... It is not just Jesus' soul that is being pierced with nails. It is his flesh and blood body suffering in the very same way each and every one of us suffer and die in this life. But the difference is this. As Jesus offers his body in death, he offers it as a sacrifice to God the Father. So that every single one of our bodies will not stay in death forever. Jesus substitutes his living body for our dying bodies. So that our dying bodies might one day live again. And never to die again. And this is actually what James promised to you today. James promised you a picture of not just right now, but James gave you the big picture of what is to come. And this is why James wrote, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Jesus never promised to heal every single one of our illnesses, no matter how fervently we pray. Because Jesus was most concerned with one illness. That threatens every single one of us. Death. And ultimately all illnesses end in death over time. But thanks to Christ and what he's done, not anymore. This is why James wrote today and said that as the righteous pray and as the elders pray, the sick 
will receive deliverance. And they will, no matter what. Because whether they live or whether they die, those sick will be the victors on the last day. Thanks be to Christ. They will. Because that is what James wrote when he said, the Lord will raise him. He wasn't talking about getting up from a bed. He was talking about raising from the dead, out of the grave. And now that is your promise, no matter what. Because Christ has risen from the dead and lives, we will also live. That is what James wrote to you today. That is your promise. So as we pray for deliverance from illness right now, and we should, as we do receive deliverance sometimes right now, may these all act as glimpses of the amazingly good things to come in Christ in the resurrection of the dead, which is our promise. And our Lord has always shown you when he makes a promise to you, he will always keep it. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.